Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 27. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. I'm joined as ever by West Brom correspondent, Mr. Matt Wilson. Matt, let's not talk about Saturday. Let's talk how was your Sunday? How was your Super Bowl Sunday? What did you do to relax, to unwind, you know, to forget about, about what happened on Saturday afternoon? I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I, I started watching it and then... Oh, you did? The, uh, BBC or, or Sky Sports? BBC. Mm. And then the build-up just took too long and I went to bed. Okay, well, to be fair, you Did probably you missed it? the highlight of, 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 of the build-up because the game was pretty pants. Did you watch it? Yes, I watched it till um, half-time and then went to bed after that, so it was it was, it was was pretty dreadful. Pretty no, it doesn't tired. really interest me. The, American football, no. no. The baddies won, didn't they? Is that right? The baddies won, yeah, that's it, that's it. The baddies won, yeah, the Patriots won, yeah. Six, okay. six, six championships, I like it, the baddies, they pretty much are. So if you were, if you were living in America, what do you think your sport would be? So you've got, you've got your NBA... You've got you know so you've got your basketball, you've got your American football, you've got your baseball, you got your ice hockey. I think you'd be more baseball oriented. Yeah, I've been to a baseball game. I went to um, the Red Sox at Fenway Park. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to go to one of them, that, that's as good as you're going to get. Lovely ground. Um, so field, field, Matt. So lovely field. Yes, you're right. Yeah, it is a field, isn't it? Um, so maybe baseball. Although the problem with all American sports is it's a bit too top stop start. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know it is. Yeah, that's kind of the part. It's kind of the past. I know it's part of it. It's almost like it's almost going on in the background whilst you eat. Yeah, I find. Yeah. So I enjoyed. I enjoyed the baseball, but basketball. Nah, it's just too much. Too many scoring. Too mm-hmm. many. Too many points if you know what I mean right, so you okay, can't yeah. really get excited about a basket yeah because they're, they're at the other end already but a touchdown or a home run you get excited about exactly you know there's just too many points in basketball for me and American football's two to stop start I do quite like the plays I do quite like the intricacies of that yeah but and the stats behind everything and they, I'm not really bothered about that but it's not, more like okay. the you know oh we, he's done this to, to, to make make a gap there I quite like that it's quite mm. tactical but mm. it's a bit of a like a it's a bit of a it's a game for like OCD people isn't it it's quite you yeah, know, it is from a fan point of view, I, I think American sports, uh, for a fan experience point of view, is, is way they're really invest into making the, the best possible experience for that for families and stuff with loads of discounts and and lots of um, lots of lots of things going around the ground and stuff yeah. like that. Lots of kids kid friendly. I like that aspect of it because I feel like sometimes maybe not Albion. I think Albion do a really good job with the fan zone and stuff like that, but. You get into a ground, you pretty much herd it in, you herd it out. There's yeah. no real experience or value for money, I feel, especially especially in the Premier League these days. I mean, Championship might be a bit different, but you know, you definitely get a lot more bang to your bang for your to the book. I would have thought from a yeah. from American point. And of I view. saw the um, the concessions rate at the uh, Super Bowl. It was pretty reasonable. Yeah, it was like two dollars for a drink or yeah, something, hot which, dog or which is what what's that? Is that one pound fifty? One pound fifty. Yeah, so it's not too bad. Um, no, I, I, I get that, yeah. I just, it's a bit, yeah. They're all obsessed with stats, I find. America, yeah, very stat American, yeah. American sports are all obsessed with stats mm. rather than, whereas in football, you, you can have, and maybe in cricket as well, you could have um, more sort of mercurial talents. It's more about aesthetics, yeah, which yeah. I prefer. I think you mm. something that's not so tangible, whereas in America, it's all about, okay, how many hits has he got in baseball you know yeah. what percentage is he on um, how many baskets does he make in mm, baseball mm. how many what you know what's his what's his yards in american football mm. whereas in in football it's you can you don't necessarily have to have many goals or assists and you can be a really important player you can yeah. be aesthetically yeah. pleasing you know nice on the eye um in the same with maybe rugby and cricket you don't necessarily have to have the stats to be sure. to be 
a talent mm-hmm. and to be the most important player. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's why I prefer those sorts of sports. Salary cap's great as well. And there's a draft. Everyone's got on, on parity, really. You know what I mean? So everybody's got that's a chance. That's better. That's, 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 I mean, I would love that to come into football one day. I don't think it ever will. No. But the fact that, you know, you can't just have the most money on the richest owner and you can, you know, you can buy yourself to a title, you know. Okay, so the Patriots have done incredibly well and that's just, just, just amazing. You is know, that coaching. just because they've got Tom Brady or is that? I mean, Tom Brady's kind of, kind of, He's on the wane from a from a you know from a um, performance point of view, but just how well they're coached and the people want to come to a winning side. You know, so you can attract them that way. I think it's very clever about some of the players that they get involved. On in. Bill Belichick who's their their coach and, and Robert Kraft is the owner. They're just masterminds, really. I'm okay. superb, and that's why everybody hates them. As, as Good. They were doing money ads and stuff like that. You know, fair play, fair play. Right. Um, less less about America, more about UK. Um, Hawthorne Saturday. Speaking of hate. Oh uh, yes, very much so. <laughs> um, West Brom two, Middlesbrough three. I mean, Matt, I'm, I'm, I wasn't at the game, but obviously you were there. Um, I didn't see this coming. As I said in the last podcast, I was absolutely nail on certain that Middlesbrough would lose, especially when they've gone two one down. And uh, yeah, Matt, all, all ended um, in, in not a great, not a great showing. Yeah. So, I mean, taking the actual results away from for a minute I think this was everything this is why football is so popular for me the those final 15 minutes now if you can remove yourself from the agony and 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 the pain of of losing to um a, right. a rival a former boss you know that someone that you, you've taunted throughout the game that this was just theater of the highest order for me yeah um you had as well as the backstory and and you know everything to do with Pulis and the club and, and everything that's gone on in the past sort of three four years, mm-hmm. you also had what happened on the day where, for my money, Albion were the stronger team for sixty odd minutes. Um, they gave Borough a goal. Yeah, Barry made a, a rare mistake, and then they worked really really hard to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, really hard. I mean. Probing this this back five back nine at times with four central midfielders in front of five centre backs, and eventually found their way through twice, yeah. somewhat fortuitously. You'd have to argue with two scuffed shots, but they went in. Um, or you know, Harper's was eventually bundled in by Rodriguez, um, and the outpouring of emotion um, and everything that had been built up in the the 60 minutes because it was a feisty game mm-hmm. lots of tackles flying in mm-hmm. and but it was also a sort of three you know th- three years um, building up because of what had happened when Pulis was here the way he had divided opinion the way it ended the way fans begrudgingly respect him some of them some of them hate him some of them think he did a good job all those emotions are flying around and I think more more fans than perhaps they wanted to mm. ended up taunting him and singing, you know, Tony Pulis, your football is S H I T. S H I T. And I think I that was that was boomed out louder after Gale's goal than it had been at any point in the in the game. I think there were some that got swept up in it. Mm. And then Pulis makes the change, brings on a Sombolonga. He scores two goals and yeah. he has the last laugh. I just thought it was pure theatre. Now, mm. the, ram- the wider ramifications for Albion and what it means for their season, 
I'm sure we'll come on to. But in terms of a spectacle, yeah. in terms of an entertainment industry, I don't think it gets much better, for mm-hmm. want of a better word, or much more... Um, I just don't think it gets much more storied than that. I just, I just thought it was exactly why people watch football. Was this an... Because obviously Albion and Darren Moore knew what was coming with Middlesbrough. Yeah. You know, they studied them... And, and knew they're play, playing four five one. Okay, albeit with Sombolonga or Hugel, have gone with Hugel. He's been playing lately. Was it was it an off day for them? Did they just not play up to the standards that, that they've set themselves, or or, or really as Pulis gone and done one over on, on on more? There's a couple of things at play here. Firstly, I think in the first game in August, Pulis set up with a five, back five of six foot Goliaths. Rushed out at Albion quickly, forced them to kick it long. Yeah. Those guys gobbled it up. Albion barely got a sniff at goal. They knew that was going to happen again. He played 5-4-1 again. Mm-hmm. This time, though, they didn't really press Albion as much as they did in the first game. But Albion weren't kicking it long. They were trying to play out from the back because that is the way to play against that team. You, yeah. you, you have to. If you kick it long, you're just going to give them the, give them the game. Yeah. Now, obviously, the goal, George Savile's goal, mm-hmm. came from them playing it out from the back. But I don't think... I mean, Barry very, is normally a safe pair of hands. Um, very rarely does that happen. Yeah. Um, so you put it down to a mistake. So I think it was the right tactics to play out from the back, first and foremost. Secondly, Pulis played four central midfielders. He funneled Albion down the wings. Mm-hmm. Albion had a lot of space in the wings. That he, they almost let them have it out there and invited them to cross the ball and balls into the box, yeah. which Albion did. Um, and time after time after time, they were headed clear. They weren't getting much joy. Mm-hmm. But then. Actually, both of their goals came from crosses that weren't cleared properly. One wasn't cleared properly, it bounced to Harper, he had a scuff shot. The other one was a fantastic leap from Jay Rodriguez to nod it down to Gale mm-hmm. and keep the ball alive. So actually, although that although Pulis's tactic, I would say on the face of it, worked because they did repel a lot of crosses, they actually conceded two goals that way. So yeah. Albin deserved credit for, for plugging away and keep going, which is what I said earlier. So I don't think it was, a, you know, you, I don't think it was in the terms of you got Pulisters and you got in the same way that it was uh, in August. Mm-hmm. But then I do think that Pulis um, outmanaged Darren Moore in the final half an hour. Right. Because he sent on a Sombolonga. Harper looked tired. Um, he's had a, got a second wind towards the end, but he looked tired. Mm-hmm. And when when Pulis made that change to four four two, yeah, I feel like Dar- Darren should have recognised that the midfield three were flagging. Mm-hmm. He should have sent someone on a bit earlier. He sent on Murphy, which was not a bad idea because when you're two one up, and I've said this before, you're two one up. Borough are going to come out their shells. They had yeah, to, yeah. and they did. Yeah, and having <sighs> Murphy and having that pace up front, bit of pace, bit of space. That's yeah, not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm a bit reticent to criticise him too much. Mm-hmm. He also can't predict that Chris Brunt is going to completely miss the ball in his in the box. So, but I felt that Livermore maybe should have come on earlier, maybe for Harper, maybe for Barry, yeah, because there was space opening up. And their second goal was the one that, although the the first and the third goal came from mistakes, mm-hmm. I think their second goal was the one that they'll be most disappointed with because there was too much space for Sombolongo on the right hand yeah. side. I think Holgate got caught out of position, and I think he burst past Dawson too easily. Um, and then you know you could argue that Johnston, although it was struck really fiercely, Johnston might have done better with the shocks. It was from a narrow mm-hmm. angle as well. So the second goal is actually, oddly enough, 
the one that most disappointed me because I think the the first and the third are just mistakes and you sort of we put them down to mistakes. Yeah. The second goal was uh, ah, that should have been avoided. Mm. If you had managed the game a bit <clears> better, <throat> that could have been avoided. Tony Pulis has got an unbelievable record against old clubs. Unbelievable. Don't think too many times he'll have come on and celebrated like that. Um, um, he said there, it was, was, there was some suggestion that he did it at Albion when, when Albion beat Palace, but I can't... I don't know if I was at that game. But it was might have been early on in his tenure, because remember he had all this ongoing... Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, with the leaving now, early. I don't remember. I don't remember. Someone mentioned to me that, that he did that when he was at... Fans who were at that game might be able to let us know. Yeah. Um, probably yeah, on Twitter email or something. Email into us on Twitter, yeah. But I don't remember that happening. And I was racking my brains when it happened. Did Has he ever done it for Albion? And I couldn't think of a time when he had. And his excuse was... Or his reason was that, that, that they'd been panned, which he had been, by critics about uh, the, the business they'd done in the January window. And it was kind of just showing and get, letting a little bit of release off. But... I'd be surprised if that was somewhere at a, a neutral ground, let's say Sheffield United, and, he, and he'd gone and done that. I mean, surely there must have been something in there. He must, he must have felt it a little bit with, with with the fans, and you know, like I say, maybe they didn't help themselves. I yeah, I think his his reason after the game was that he did it for the Borough fans who had made the long trip south after what was conceived to be a poor January window. There was a bit of negativity around the place because of that, and. Um, I think that was probably part of it because mm-hmm. you've got to remember Pulis is now in that bubble. He's yeah. not in this bubble. Yeah, yeah. He's now in that bubble. Yeah. So I think there was probably was a bit about that. Um, I think there was also just a bit of a relief that they'd beaten a, a promotion rival. Mm-hmm. Would well, He probably wouldn't have done it if it was against Wigan, but if it was against Leeds or Norwich, maybe. I don't know. And maybe the way that they'd been 2-1 down and turned it around as well. Yes. Adding to the... And it was his substitution. He masterminded that. But I think... He's probably fooling everyone if he if he says it was nothing to do with the West Brom fans because yeah. they had given him the stick all game, um, and it grew louder when when Albion went two one up. And I, I don't know who I don't care who you are, I don't mm-hmm. care how many games you've been involved in football, don't know how long you've been involved in football. Mm-hmm. There is nothing when you're out there playing or, or whatever. There is nothing like um, getting one over an opposition who is, and I'm I'm sorry to use this word. But cocky. Mm. Um, at two one, I think the Albion fans and I, I, the one I think I think there was a bit of they were a bit smug. Mm. It was almost along the lines of we're playing lovely football, yeah, um, and now we're beating you, yeah. And so Pulis, look, everyone has their own opinion on him. I think there are plenty of positives to take from the game that from Albion. I think. You know, there is a long, there is a, a longer term sort of vision that Darren Moore is trying to play the game in the right way, in inverted yes, commas. Yeah. And actually, watching purely stick ten men behind the ball would have given a lot of people a lot of flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? Is that really what you want your club to be playing? Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I mean, I know they're on the same amount of points, but wouldn't you rather get to those points in the way that Darren's got there oh, rather than Tony? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you're a Middlesbrough fan. Yeah, absolutely. You sort of understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, I can't stand Pulis. But I also, <laughs> yeah, but I also think that Pulis does not deserved because I don't know whether, <clears throat> but he had a, he had every right to celebrate that victory mm-hmm. because of what had happened um, throughout the game. And I think, yeah, I think there was a bit there was a, this, his celebration was smug. 
But I think before that, for the 10, 12 minutes that Albion were leading, yeah. there were a few smug faces in the mm-hmm. fan, in the in the crowd as well. A couple of people um, who you rated in, in the in the ratings or, you know, hot players, Rodriguez and Harper, both both decent enough. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I thought I thought Harper was was really good. Um Anfield, actually, and I was. It was a brave decision for Moore to leave them in the team because he had obviously Livermore back from his suspension, Brunt back available, a new signing in mm. Stefan Johansson, all more experienced, all, all you know, players that you you might rely on a bit heavily, more heavily. But they, those two players, have been playing well in recent weeks. They yeah. were brilliant against Brighton. They were um, superb against Bolton, and you, and you think, okay, well, fair play to him for for keeping faith in that team. It doesn't matter that it's mm-hmm. Pulis and Borough coming into town. He's he stuck with them, and I thought they both played quite well. Mm-hmm. Actually, I thought Barry out of all three was probably the weakest in yeah. the midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, I mean, I'm not saying he's been brilliant in the last few weeks. And I still think he's got a big part to play this season, but I thought it was an off day for him. Whereas, I thought Field and Harper did well. Couple, couple, uh, of not so much. I was just going to say about Rodriguez. Yeah. Sorry about Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, Rodriguez has now been involved in seven of the last nine league goals for Albion. Okay. He scored one and set one up at the weekend. Um, he was in the right place at the right time to pounce on Harper's um, scuffed shot and he mm-hmm. and he climbed really high to get that knockdown for Gales. And although it was a frustrating afternoon for Albion's attack and, and Rodriguez didn't see much of the ball, he made those... Uh, he made that... those contributions when it mattered. And um, he's on a rich run of form and... He was about this time last year as well that he, he hit a, he hit a bit of form as well when yeah. uh, under Pardew when he scored I think it's like five goals in four games it's mm. like January Feb mm. and then he got inexplicably dropped for Daniel Sturridge so I just think it bodes well having I just think Rodriguez is hitting his straps a little bit um, and that bodes well for Albion because Gale's going to get your goals whatever but now those two together have got have got thirty goals uh, between them which is joint highest strike partnership in the division really with Sheffield United Billy Sharp and McGoldrick mm-hmm. I think. Mason Hull get Craig Dawson down. Yeah, Dawson didn't have a great game. Um, he got beaten too easily by Sombolonga for the second goal. First goal went through his legs, although that you know it's just probably a good finish. You can't really it's hard to hard to legislate for that. Um, Mason Holgate just looked a bit. He, although he provides a dynamic outlet on the right flank, he just misplaced a few passes. <clears throat> didn't make the right decisions all the time. Seemed to let his temper get the better of him. Although it did calm down in the second half. To be fair to him, but. Um, yeah, I just thought it wasn't as Holgate's been brilliant since he's arrived. I just mm-hmm. thought it wasn't as good as, as it could have been from those two. Still, Albion fourth in the table um, with a game in hand over the top three, fifty points. Uh, Middlesbrough the same. Norwich being Leeds United has definitely put the cat among the pigeons. I mean, they're not obviously opportunity missed. I would have thought, but at the same time, it could have been a lot worse. You don't want to be looking at a ten point gap between between yourself and Leeds. Well, Look, I don't know though because. Or you'd rather have. Well, I don't know. Do you want one to just go and you go for second, or do you want them all to be in the mix? You probably want them all to be in the mix. I think so. But it's just less room for because someone else could put a crazy run together, couldn't they? Yeah, well, you probably want them all to be in the mix, I guess. But and like you say, Leeds are showing signs now. Well, Leeds, of, of, they've lost four out of the last six yeah. in the league. Well, no, no spies anymore. You see. Well, yeah, I mean that's no, it. It's a training ground. So uh, the spy gate seems to have uh, rattled them a little bit, mm. but. I don't know what you what you want. I mean, look, it's a massive February. Everyone knows that. Huge games coming up. Albion has still got to play Leeds and Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. They've got them coming up soon. So this isn't a catastrophe by any no, stretch of the imagination. No. It's the championship. 
it's the championship. You're going to lose games, but they need to put on a bit of a run now, and they need to do it, um, and they need to make sure they don't lose any more of these six pointers. Yeah, because yeah, I mean a victory, a victory on Saturday, which they, they were close to pulling off, 15 minutes away from, mm-hmm. and they are they're four points off the top two mm-hmm. with one game in hand. Yeah, so it's looking really good. But you need those points on the board. Like I, I, you just, I just think they need to start putting a run together. It's, it's one win in five now. Um, they need to get back onto winning streak. When's Matt Phillips? What's the situation with him? Because I think they miss him more than anyone, to be honest. Yeah, you're probably right. Although Harvey Barnes played pretty well against Man yeah, United. Yeah, he was excellent. So, actually, I watched that game. I was going to tweet you actually, but yeah, he was. He was very good. I saw he got the highest ratings in the uh, Leicester Mercury mm. out of all the Leicester oh, really? players. So yeah. Um, I think they missed both of those players. They missed that pace. Um, hopefully, Jacob Murphy can provide it. Phillips is a bad ankle injury, but Moore is pretty adamant he'll be back in February. So, right, okay. hopefully, he won't miss too many games and he'll be there for the run-in. But, um, but yeah, I agree with you. They do miss him um, and they could do with him back. So, cast your mind back to last Thursday. A long day for me and you, Matt. Deadline day, as ever. And... Uh, yeah, you weren't going to get out of the office much uh, much before 11 o'clock when they were <laughs> announced a plethora of signings right the way up into the wire. Um, from, a, from a grade point of view, A to E, how would you grade Albion's deadline day? Uh, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you, you can't really judge them until they've played, mm. um, and until you've seen them or until maybe the end of the season. I remember the summer of 2017 when Albion were judged to have had the best transfer window in the Premier League, bringing in Krakowiak and Burke and all these players that were supposed mm-hmm. to take them to the next level mm-hmm. and it never materialised. They went down. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're always a bit nervous, a bit reticent to do that. But I, you have to say on the face of it, it looks like shrewd business. You, you probably give it an A or a B because they fixed, um, in terms of the whole window, they, they plugged the gap at right back with Mason Holgate. It looks good. They... Um, replaced Barnes and Saka with Jacob Murphy and Jefferson Montero, two players who are exciting, pacey, should get bums off seats. I've, I've, from what I've seen of Montero, I really like him. Yeah. It's just a question about his fitness. And then in midfield, they've added a body with uh, Johansson, who, um, based on his stats at Fulham, is, mm. is, is a very shrewd signing. Now, mm. he hasn't played since mid-December, so he's going to take a bit of time to get up to yeah. speed. but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think on the face of it, it looks like good business. And as I wrote in Saturday's paper, sort of a, a debrief of the window, it's the sort of business that you know it set Albion up mm. to go up to mm. go to go for the top two. Yeah. Automatic promotion has to be the aim now. Yeah. Okay. And Murphy being the potential key in, in those signings, do you think that, that, that was, he was one of the, the main targets, if not number one? He, he was the primary target. I think he was. He is the Barnes replacement. They're going to hope that he can provide that power, pace and the outlet on the wing. Uh, we've done it before in the Championship with Norwich. Um, we've got to wait and see how he gets on though. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see. I'm, I mean, I, like I say, he came on for 15 minutes uh, on Saturday. I didn't see too much of him, um, mainly because Burrow were attacking for most of it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll wait and see how he gets on. Good stuff. Right, questions. Questions from the peeps. Plenty of questions today, as you would expect. Um... Joe O'Hagan uh, asks Matt, "Why is Gale being played on the wing?" With eight question marks. Really? Okay. Well, it's obviously this four-three-three system which they moved to uh, for the Leeds game, and it has it has proved to be quite quite successful. I mean, they've only lost twice since then um, in thirteen games, um, 
are we now entering a period where they need to rethink? Have teams started to find them out? I'm not sure, really. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to, to gauge because I thought Saturday's game was such a strange game in the sense that yeah. Albin gave them two goals. Um, as for Gale, I mean, his scoring record is still pretty phenomenal, even even on the wing. I think in the last few games since he returned from injury, him and Rodriguez have combined quite a lot to score. So I don't think you're losing too You know, he scored on Saturday. I don't mm-hmm. think you're losing too much um, from him. Uh, in that sort of right forward um, role, I think you you talked about Matt Phillips. I think you miss a bit there because Phillips, from that right central midfield role, used to bomb up the wing, yeah. bomb up that channel, and Gale naturally allowing Gale to drift inside. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why lots of people are asking why Gale was Gale on the wing on Saturday is because of the way that Borough set up with. They basically packed the midfield with four central midfielders. They packed the back five. So they basically had eight huge guys packing the midfield. So to find space, Gale had to naturally drift out. It's what I was saying earlier about Pulis trying to funnel Albion down Mm. the wings. I don't think he's going to play that wide against other teams. I think against uh, if he was playing against a more orthodox 4-4-2, he would be drifting inside while Harper or Holgate come flying up to the outside. Um, So... I'm. I, I don't think. It, I. I put it in today's paper. I don't. Borough are quite unique in the way they set up. They've got a fantastic record against the best teams in the division. I think they've only lost one out of their mm-hmm. ten games against the top eight mm-hmm. because they love to defend. Yeah. They are. They thrive when they mm-hmm. don't have the ball. It's against the lower teams when they are supposed to be taking yeah. the initiative. That's yeah, where they struggle. Sure. So I don't think you can rip up your plans based on Saturday's game in almost any respects because they are mm-hmm. unique. Mm-hmm. Good answer, Carl Gatt and Kieran O'Connor kind of asked the same question. Sam Johnson, low shot, should have been saved for the first two goals, in my opinion. Should Bond be given a chance um, if he has another good game in the Cup? So Sam Johnson's getting a lot of stick from fans. Firstly, I don't think the first goal is as bad as everyone is making out. I think the pass out, whilst it was fiercely struck to a certain extent, I think Barry's got enough time to, to get there. I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think it's a Johnston error. I think it's a Barry error. Then the the shot, it it does go relatively close to him, but it also goes through Dawson's legs, which might might unsight him, so it gives him less time to react. Um, I think it would be more disappointed about the second goal, which came on a, on a, a narrow angle, although it was pretty fiercely struck from a Sombolonga. Yeah. And the third goal, he can't really do much about it. Brunt is, is, is sort of sold him there. Um, in ter- I also think Johnston is, is, is getting... Is, is getting um, a lot of stick because of what went before. Mm-hmm. Albin had Ben Foster for years. And I think they've been spoiled for years. Ben Foster was arguably one of, if not the best goalkeeper in the club's history. Um, and another storm on Saturday. Yeah, another storm on Saturday. He's, he's, he's been consistently one of the best England goalkeeper, English goalkeeper in the Premier League for the last five, six years. He is superb. Mm-hmm. He's, a great, he's a great goalkeeper. Compare Johnston, instead of comparing Johnston to Foster, compare Johnston to the other goalkeepers in this division. You've got people like Tim Krul at Norwich making mistake after mistake. You've got Bailey Peacock-Farrell at Leeds, who's been suspect. Um, I thought Darren Randolph played really well mm-hmm. for Borough, so maybe there, there's also a comparison there uh, on Saturday. Um, but then I remember going to Rotherham and, and Matt Murray being in the, uh, in the press area saying, oh, this keeper's one of the best in the division. And he made a huge error to let Gale get his hat-trick. Yeah. So, I don't think Johnston, although Johnston's made a few um, 
tiny, like, oh, maybe could have done better there. Yeah, they're not clangers, are they? They're not absolute clangers. Mm. I don't. I can't remember an absolute clanger. I mean, there's been a couple of long range shots which you want him to do better with. There was obviously the um, the corner that went in from from Blackburn. Although having watched that on replay, Blackburn pretty much shoved him into the net, and yeah. it's something they work on. Um, so look, I, I I think I think Johnson's a good shot stopper. I think his distribution is improving. Mm-hmm. I think he's susceptible under the high ball. I don't think he's great under crosses, but Jonathan Bond. I don't think he's great under crosses either, yeah. based on the games I've seen him in the FA Cup. He didn't look very good under crosses in, against Brighton. He had a, Look, I was really impressed with Bond, don't get me wrong. His shot stopping was superb. His distribution was calm and composed. He looked brilliant against Brighton. But I don't know if he's an improvement on Johnston. Okay. Um, and I don't know whether you risk upsetting a back five, which before the Middlesbrough game was actually playing quite well. Mm-hmm. Had three clean sheets in the last six league games. Had the second best defensive record in the league since moving to a to a back four so yeah. I don't know I don't I understand why people are a bit concerned about um, about goals going in of course it's concerning um, but I don't I think the, the stick that Johnston's getting is slightly unfair and, 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 and mainly because of um, the person he's replacing aka Ben Foster Carl Scriven, uh, whilst I don't dispute both Field and Harper deserve to keep their place in the team, but knowing how organised and physical Borough are, along with the magnitude of the game, was it naive given we had two seasoned internationals available in Johansson and Livermore? No. You can't, you can't chastise Darren Moore for not playing the youth and then chastise him for playing the youth. Field and Harper, not only did they play well enough in the games leading up to it to deserve to keep their space... Mm-hmm. They then played well in the actual game. Yeah. Both of them. I thought Barry was the worst of the midfield three. So no, I don't think you can you can't just you can't turn around after after he's done it, after he's rewarded them for playing well and they've played well in the game. I think Harper should have been brought off around sixty minutes. Mm-hmm. That's a different argument. I thought he played really well for the first sixty minutes. Um I thought Field Field grew into the game first half, as he seems to always do, first half. Uh, a bit loose, not too bad. There was one tackle which he mistimed. Um, after that, I thought he was pretty good. So, no, I don't think you can. I mean, Johansson hasn't played since since February. He wouldn't have been ready. Um, sorry, not February, since December. He wouldn't have been ready. Um, Jake Livermore. Um, there was an argument that maybe Jake Livermore could have dropped back into the side. But at the expense of who? I mean, I, do, I understand the sentiment, but I just don't. I don't think... I don't think that's that is particularly something that Dan Moore deserves stick for because I don't think yeah. Field and Harper looked out of place on Saturday. That's my own personal opinion. TWG, my girlfriend wants a baby, but I just want to get a second cat. What should I do, Matt? Have a baby. Really? I said go for the cat. <laughs> <laughs> so How many cats you got? Uh, no cats, two dogs and no children. Okay. Um, Sophia outlined, can we talk about leadership? Who, who are seen as the current leaders of the team and is this likely to change? Well, the leaders of the team will be um, the experienced players like Barry, um, who leads by example more than anything else. Um, Brunt, Rodriguez, Dawson, Higazi. Um, those of the you know that spine are probably seen as the leaders of the team at the moment. Um, is this likely to change? Um, well, Johansson's obviously captain of Norway, so he's probably got he's. 28 years old 
Um, so he's probably got some leadership qualities. Livermore as well would be seen as a leader. I would I would I would argue vice captain or someone who's worn the captain's mm-hmm. armband this this season. Um, so Johansson might come in and be a bit of a leader. We'll we'll have to wait and see how he gets on. Um, but I know I think there's enough experience and enough leadership qualities in that squad um, that Albin shouldn't be conceding two goals late on. And, and Gareth Barry alluded to that after the game. We spoke to him after the game, and he alluded to that as much. He said, "Look, I know there's young players out there, but we've got enough experience in that squad to see that over the line, and we should be doing better." Mike Campbell, are you guys of the same opinion that not much is wrong at the moment with the team? Seems a great balance in the eleven, especially left back, right back. Results aside, we're playing some great football and a run of good results is just around the corner. Can see us winning the league still. That's quite an optimistic way of putting it. And um, I would say that I can understand why you're saying that because, yeah, they gave, gave, I know know I'm repeating myself, but they gave Borough two goals. Mm -hmm. On another day that finishes 2-1, everyone goes home happy. Mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I, and they look strong. You know, I I know what you're saying. They, they they controlled the majority of the possession. Obviously, Pulis teams want you to have the ball, so that, that's that's going to happen. But if you looked at the xG, the expected goals for the game, Albin had 1.55 and Borough had 0.6. Yeah. Yet Borough scored three goals because yeah. Albin gave him the ball. So yes, I I I I agree that they look strong. But the thing is, you, you've got to make that count. You know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. back to uh, Brentford where they let let a goal in late on. I'm thinking back to Norwich where they let Norwich back in. Yeah, you've got to make you've got to get these wins now, and it's no good being strong and not putting it again over the line. You know, we we're talking about like last season when Albion had a stronger squad, but they just they just kept losing games. You know, I mean, it's not the same level of that, of course, but. They need to re- They need to go on a run now. Yeah. They need to rediscover their 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 winning a winning formula. Bed in the new players. Find a way for them to make an impact quickly. I think. I think the 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 recall to Harvey Barnes and the and the um the injury to Matt Phillips has has impacted them. It's now about how they respond to that, with these new players with Murphy, Johansson, Montero. How they respond to that. They want to hit the ground running as well, yeah. don't they? Really. But I, I do understand what you're saying. There's a very strong squad there. Um, they played, they did play well in patches on Saturday, first 60 minutes particularly. So, I, I, yeah, I can, I can. You can either be glass half full or glass half empty. But they need to start getting these wins over the line. Otherwise, it's just never going to happen. Hashtag trend asks, on the back of the three last three signings, will we start to make more regular subs and earlier in the game when things aren't working? Yeah, I would hope so. I would think so. I think Montero, Murphy, Johansson, all of them would probably be. I think there's a stronger squad there now, isn't there? Um, you know, I, I I know Moore gets a lot of stick for his in-game management, and you can maybe understand why about after Saturday when 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 Pulis sort of showed showed him up a little bit. Um, but you've also got to remember that it was two. What you know, that Albion had just scored, mm. and they were in control and you think, well, actually, they're doing okay here. Yeah. Maybe we don't need to change something. Uh-huh. Obviously, being a good manager is all about having that sort of foresight to yeah. to, to predict what's going to happen, where the game's going to go and what to do. And I don't think Darren's got that at the moment. But, you know, let's not forget, Pudis has got a 1,000 games under his belt. Darren's got 30, 40. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... The the question is, you know, there's a, there's there is obviously an, an immediate um, pressure on results, and sure. the, they need to they really do sort of need to go up this season. I would, I would wager, but considering the squad they've mm. got, they've got the strongest in the division. But 
you know, it's what you what do you want from your club? You know, yeah. do you, what do you want? Do you want do you want to be do you want Darren to be or do you want to be part of this development of of him growing and evolving into a manager or or do you just want results right now? I mean, obviously, there's no way that they could sack him because yeah. look at look at the way that his players are playing for course, him. Look at the competition he's bred. Look at what he's done. Um, I think you saw that in the way Rodriguez celebrated that goal. Mm-hmm. How much they want to win for him, um, and it was something that Pulis alluded to afterwards. You know, they they were all fighting for Darren, and he and he said that he reckons he's going to turn into a, into a top manager. And it's but it takes time. You know, it, how many managers are successful in their you know in, in their first season? It sure. takes time. So mm-hmm. he deserves a bit of patience, I think. Um, of course, the the other side of the argument is well, they need to go up. So I'm a yeah, I, but I do take I do take the the, the glass half full approach that they've got a strong squad. Yeah, they should be doing a bit better. So hopefully they can kick on now, and put a run of results together to uh, to move them up to the table or at least p- put pressure on the top put two. Pressure on the top two, yeah, for sure. Nicholas Priest, salad cream or mayo? Salad cream all day. Yeah, hundred percent. Mayo is disgusting. Gross. Gross. Salad creams. The con- condiment of kings. Cheddar, cheddar cheese, lettuce, salad oh, cream. Anything. Oh, unbelievable. If you've got a Scotch egg or if you've oh, got yeah, a nice. pork pie or if you've got a little pita bread. Really? Just pita bread, anything, cream. mate. Anything. But salad salad cream's lovely. Um, Fraser um, asked, shouldn't Brunt be celebrated that he's made 400 appearances, not given abuse for his mistake on Saturday? Yes, but this is the world of modern football <laughs> and um, yeah, that's the way it goes. I mean... Nobody will be more upset about that than Brunt. Um, you could see him hold his head in his hands straight after. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the last thing he wanted to do. I don't think he need, anyone needs to exp- to explain it to him. I don't think anyone needs to tell him. You know, he miskicked a ball. Okay, it happens. Yeah, and it's a mistake. And you know. It, it was punished, unfortunately, this mm-hmm. time. Sometimes they're not punished. You just forget about them. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. But I'm it, sure they'll be celebrating the season where you talk about that dinner and, and they're going to have a bit of a send-off as well. So Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's a, he's been a fantastic servant, 400 games. He's, he's a fantastic milestone to reach. Not many players have got there. It's just a horrible way to mark it, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure he's gutted. John Mather, has anyone seen our chairman? What, Mr. Lie PU? Mm. I think I... Um, discussed this in the last podcast so I'm not going to go over it again um, no no one's seen him David Cooper why did he take Hal Robson Kano off who was playing so well as soon as he went off we fell apart a few people agreeing with that you see yeah I thought Robson Kano was playing well showed a few nice flashes a few nice touches but he holds on to the ball too long for me and I can un- I can understand why I put Murphy on to try and stretch the game when Borough were going to come out. Mm-hmm. Robson Kano also wasn't you know involved in any of the goals. Rodriguez was quiet, but he was involved in both. Yeah. You know, Gale scored one, and I know Robson Kano's um, good at winning free kicks and, and alleviating pressure that way. And and he's got he's definitely got his uses. I I I, I do agree, and I thought he did play quite well, but. He just holds on to the ball too long. Mm-hmm. I just think he sometimes just release it. Mm-hmm. Release, you pass it. And mm-hmm. that's another way. He's almost looking for the foul, but sometimes if he, the referee didn't really help him, I must admit, he didn't really give many 
on Saturday. I don't think he helped Albion at all. Um, uh, Burrow were allowed to be pretty physical. Um, but he needed to release the ball a bit earlier for me on Saturday. Last question, Dan Smart. Uh, who is your three-man midfield for Stoke? Oh, it's a good question. Mm. It's a very good question. It depends who plays on Wednesday. Yeah. Depends how they play on Wednesday. I would probably still stick with Barry. I think Barry's a class act when he's when he's on form. I think he just keeps you keeps you ticking over. Mm-hmm. Really good with the ball. Recall Livermore. Maybe maybe Livermore. Maybe Har- I mean it depends if Harper plays on Wednesday would he be burnt out. I mean that would have mm. been six games in a row. Mm. Quite quick con- con- uh, concession. Con- the new I mean, Johansson is the one that you know people will be excited about. I just, I mean, I without, I don't know how he's going to. It depends how he plays in training sure, this week. Sure, you yeah. know, he can't play on Wednesday, so I'd be surprised if he started. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never know. I mean, if they've bought him to to sort of replace Matt Phillips in that midfield engine yeah. room and get Albin going, he's got a great record of scoring mm-hmm. and assisting goals in the championship. Maybe they do chuck him in. Um, They'd probably be quite harsh in Harper and Field, but Barry Livermore and Harper, Barry Livermore and Field, maybe. Interesting. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's there's competition now. But like you say, the there's a game before that Wednesday night. We're back in FA Cup action. I mean, I guess Albion could do without the game um, with so many coming thick and fast. But um, there's going to be plenty of of, of of the squad that are going to get a chance to show. I would have thought it'd be, it'd be very much a different side, more more like the side that went to Brighton. Yeah, I think we'll see Jonathan Lico. I think we'll see Carl Edwards. I think we'll see Wes Houlihan. Um, unfortunately, none of the new boys can play because they were signed after the original yeah, tie, yeah. which is a shame because you'd it'd be a perfect opportunity mm. for them to to, to play. Um, but yeah, it'll be the it will be the uh, second string back five in the terms. It will be Jonathan Bond in goal with uh, I imagine Townsend, Adarabio, Bartley, no Boaz, Mills gone off there. No chance. Bond has just been too good. Yeah. He's just he he came in for the uh, Wigan game in the FA Cup, kept a clean sheet. Then he was superb against Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just been too good. He's he's, he's going to have to play. Yeah. Um, and then in midfield, the midfield three will be interesting to see. You'll probably see Field sitting maybe with Harper and I don't know who along. Probably Livermore because he didn't play on Saturday. So that that might be the uh, the team. Brighton similar for them or do you feel now the draw is starting to open up that that, that Chris Hewton might see an opportunity there to, to maybe have a bit of a cup run and you might see a couple more first team regulars I don't know they are just above the relegation zone four points above Cardiff um, I know there's a lot of teams in between them but they've been dragged into it somewhat recently um, lost a couple of games so he might think well I need to keep my squad happy. I need to keep my squad players sticking over. I can't afford to risk the likes of Glenn Murray and Knockout and etc. Mm-hmm. He might play a weakened team, or he might think, like you say, there's only going to be two of the big six in the uh, in the last eight. Yeah. Um. We've got a championship side uh, in the fourth round. Then we've got a championship side in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. If we get to the quarters, we've got a great chance. So. Sure. I don't know how he's going to play it. I don't. I, to be honest, I don't know. Um, but I would imagine he would still be thinking about that relegation battle. Winnable game? Yes, especially at home. Uh, and especially considering how well they played against Brighton in the in the first game. Okay, Brighton saw most of the ball. They peppered uh, Bond's goal. But, you know, I think uh, Bartley and Adarabio were, were brilliant and in that game. And, you know, 
hopefully they can they can put in another performance on Wednesday. Before we go into the Stoke game, we'll get a prediction for you for Brighton. Do you know what? I think it's going to be a draw. I think it's going to go to extra time and then maybe even penos. That's exactly what I think. Exactly what I think. I think it might be a one-all draw. I think it's going to be a terrible penalty shootout and I think that Albion will win 3-1. On penalties? Yes. I'd love that to happen. <laughs> I'd love them to go through because there's a great opportunity to reach the quarters. But yeah. uh, two home ties. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you never know. You never know. Brighton don't score too many. Mm. So Especially with if Glenn Murray doesn't play. So we'll see. Before we go on to Stoke, though, how would you like to win? As I got reminded, I apologies for missing it off last the last uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, a West Brom shirt of your choice. Um, Matt Wilson, there's two games this weekend I want you to choose from. Just choose an anytime goal scorer. You can score any time in the game. First of all, Stoke against West Brom. Give me an anytime goal scorer. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, he won't score. He won't. No, I don't think he'll even play. Starting, um, anytime goal scorer, Stoke West Brom. Yeah. I think Rodriguez is bang in form. I think we'll see another goal from Mr. J. Rodriguez. J. Rod. And I'm going to make it a little bit more tricky for you and give you a game that is tough to call. Anytime goal scorer in Watford against Everton. Well, Everton are rubbish. They are um, rubbish. Watford are a bit better. So I'll probably go for a Watford player. Who plays up front for Watford? Is it Deeney? Deeney and Delfeo, I believe. Oh, yes, Delfeo. Mm. And they've also got that Pereira. Pereira, Pereira yeah. Um, I will go with Gerard Delfeo. Ah, nice. Nice one there. Right, we shall contact, I shall contact the lucky winner... Um, Saturday about midday actually before those games so and of course the, the Stoke game is, is an evening kickoff on, on Saturday evening How are you looking forward to it? Yes I am not too much travelling it's going to be not too much travelling it's going to be really cold though is uh, it? it's freezing in the bet 365 it's particularly at this time of year Oof. particularly in the evening so it's going to be very mm. cold I'm going to have to mm. layer up yes um, thermal up but um, am I looking forward to it? yes I think Albie need to win Yes, they, they need do, yeah. to win. Stoke on a bad way. They stay. They, they haven't really. New manager got beat by Hull, I think, two 0 at yeah. the weekend. I mean, it's Danny Bart, ex Wolves captain, who didn't really, you know, do much at Borough. Do much at Borough, I don't think. You know, he's straight as captain for Stoke. I don't know what the previous captain was like, uh, but straight as captain, they got beat. Look, these are the games you got to win if you're going to be. Yeah, got to win. Got to yeah. win. Albion, Albion were pretty. Um, it was one of their best performances actually of the first third of the season when they when they beat Stoke two 0 mm-hmm. at home and uh, they were pretty it was pretty comfortable in the end and they were pretty comprehensive. Um, I think got to beat Stoke. And, and just I know you talked about the midfield three, but but apart from that, as your word, would you say? Uh, I would say the back five would probably stay the same. I would say the front three. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Jacob Murphy oh, rather really? than okay. how Robson Carnu. Yeah. Okay. Um, Robson Carnu could play in midweek. Mm. Uh, that will probably give an indication yeah. that he's not going to play Saturday. Robson Carnu could play in the FA Cup, and then maybe they'll play, put Murphy on the wing to try and get some pace against Stokes' ageing and creaking backline. Mm, I'll go first score prediction. Gone. I'm going to say it's going to be Stokes City 1, West Bromwich Albion 2. Good. Hard fought win, not. Easy on the eye. I I think you're probably right there. You're probably spot on. I think they need to get back to winning ways. They're not they're not 
completely fine on all cylinders, but I think that this is a game they're going to have to win. I'll say 2-1 as well to Albion. Excellent. Enjoyed it very much so. Uh, Matt and myself should be the Hawthorns on Wednesday night. We should also be at the Bet365 on Saturday. From Matt, from myself, have a great week. Fingers crossed. Next round of the FA Cup, three points up the league. Take care. Bye-bye.